0: Let's do this. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. Okay, I am so excited to announce this, but I have decided to do something a little different for the last 10 weeks of this year whether you are new here or you've been an avid listener since day one, I wanted to highlight the top 10 episodes from this past year and come 2022. I'm going to start a new season. Nothing's going to change. It's still going to come out on Mondays. I'm just going to start a second season. So I wanted to end this season by highlighting the top 10 episodes. And I chose those top 10 based on, The ones that were the most listened to. So for the final 10 weeks of 2021, I am going to start with number 10, working all the way back to number one and number one will be aired on the final day of the final Monday of 2021. So you can look forward to that. You guys, I am so excited for you to either hear these for the first time or re-listen to them if you've heard them before, because we're in a new place. Even if you've heard it before, I invite you to listen again, because you'll probably hear something different. You'll learn something different. Something new will stand out to you. And I invite you to listen up. Cool. All right. Here we go. Here is number three. Hello, hello, my gorgeous friends, and welcome back to episode three of this podcast. I am so glad you're here, and I, I'll i be real. I have struggled with what to make episode three, because in learning about all the steps needed to take to launch a podcast, the guide that I follow who has given all this fabulous advice, said, okay, have three topics so that the people who start listening to your podcast can binge listen if they're intrigued, if they like you, all the things. And so I wanted to make sure that the first three episodes were things that really matter to me and things that are hot and heavy on my heart. And if you know me at all, you know I'm a super passionate person. And so I had a hard time narrowing it down to my top three. Um, but these are the things that have been really hot and heavy on my heart and the things that I really want to share with you. So in starting, um, obviously, you know, from the title of this podcast, today's is about marriage and I am coming up on nine years of marriage and that's not an eternity. That's not 50 years and that's, you know, it's nine. It's not that long, but I have learned so much in the last nine years that I really, really want to share that I feel like is not the quote-unquote norm, and so I just, I want to share, I want to get it out there, and a little background story, um, my parents are divorced, I was nine years old when my parents were divorced, and it was it was hard, it really rocked my world, and um, I, I knew in my future relationship that that was just not going to be an option for us and i communicated that with my husband Blake um when we were dating and i told him divorce is not an option like that is legit a swear word in my book and so whatever hardships we go through we're going to work it out we're going to figure it out and and we had that conversation when we were dating and he he agreed and his parents are married and have been for, ooh, I don't even know, like 25 plus years is my guess. No, got to be more than that because he's 32. So like, uh, let's just say 35-ish years. And um, so thankfully, we have them as fabulous role models. And my mom is married again, and she has worked so hard. She's been married to her second husband now for... 18 years, I want to say. And she has worked so hard to make this one work. My dad never remarried and that's okay. Um, but I, I've just watched my mom over and over and over again work so hard to make this second marriage work. And the whole reason I became so passionate about marriage is because of some advice that she gave me when Blake and I were on, or it was actually just me and her in the car on our way to the temple where Blake and I were going to be sealed. And um, I'm going to share the advice that she gave to me on our drive. But before I get into that, you might be sitting here thinking, what in the heck? She said this was going to be a podcast about mom guilt. Why is she talking about marriage? And the reason is because I remember being pregnant with my first and reading a book called Baby Wise. And I thought it was cute and funny because I was pregnant and my last name was Wise. And we were definitely gonna have a wise baby. And okay, little side. I love puns. Um, but I remember reading in there at the very beginning about marriage. And I was like, well, the heck, this is a book about sleep patterns. And I learned enough about it to know, like, eat, play, sleep. And why in the heck is this book starting off with marriage. And in the introduction of the book, they just emphasize the point that if you truly want a healthy, happy child, your marriage matters. And as someone who has divorced parents, I know that to be true. I know that when my parents got divorced, it rocked my world. And I'll be real, as a almost 30 year old adult, it's still rocks my world sometimes that my parents are divorced and to have that example and it, it it does it it totally will rock your kids world so I want you to be the best possible mom to your children and so I want to give you some tactical tips and advice about how to be the best possible wife so that you can create beautiful confident children who see a mom and dad who work hard to live and love a life true to each other I remember being a teenager maybe I was in college but I saw this comic and it has really really stuck with me and the comic I'm probably going to mess it up but what I what I remember from it was it was this older couple elderly couple walking hand in hand down the street, and they passed a garbage can. And in the garbage can, there was a, I can't remember what it was, but it was like a bike or a TV or something that looked fairly great, but it was in the garbage can. And the wife said to the husband, why do you think they threw that away? And the husband said to the wife, well, because the younger generation they choose not to fix things that are broken. And, and that's it. That was the whole comic strip and they continue walking hand in hand. And, um, I like get the chills even just thinking about it. And I want you to know that if you fight with your spouse, if you guys have disagreements If you don't see eye to eye on everything, if you have different parenting opinions, if you are passionate about something that he is not passionate about, you're normal. Congratulations. And you're not broken. But you need to know that it is worth the effort and energy that it takes to fix things that are broken. And please, please, please don't misunderstand me. If you are being abused or if you have ever been in an abusive relationship and you have since gotten divorced, this advice is not for the abused and the abusers, okay? What I am sharing is for people who have a normal relationship that just struggles sometimes, okay? if you struggle with abuse, if you're being abused. If that is you, please seek help. Please get out. And please know that you deserve way better than that. Now, with that said, if you are someone who struggles in your daily marriage, please know you're not alone. We have been fed this backward picture from Hollywood that marriage is supposed to be all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and there's a reason that Hollywood portrays the love story and the dating and they end with and they lived happily ever after right they never portray the married life they never portray what it looks like to be married and live in the daily grind of married life (laughs) and if they do they always paint the picture of, okay, yeah, but the husband's an idiot and the wife is a demanding swear word and nobody gets along and then somebody has an affair and then they get divorced. And it, it, if they do paint married life, it's ugly and twisted and backwards. And it doesn't have to be like that. There is a middle ground. There is a place somewhere between the horrid, wretched married life and the happily ever after where you can find that happy balance so i want you to know first and foremost that you're normal if you struggle in everyday life so now jumping into the advice my mom gave me on our way to being married she told me every husband just needs four things food sex for you to be his biggest cheerleader, and for you to always strive to look your best. And we continued this conversation. And ever since that conversation, I have just thought and thought and thought and thought, and thought, and thought about that advice. And I have tried actively every day to do all of those four things every day. And there's a lot of days that I struggle. There's a lot of days that I don't quite (laughs) do all four. And there's a lot of days that I don't even do one. But the active pursuit of trying to do all four every single day is huge. So I remember being married early on and making my husband a lunch every single day for work. And not only was that good for our budget. It was good for our relationship because I know that one of his top five love languages is service. I knew it was good for our budget. I knew it was good for our relationship and I knew it was good for our waistlines because fast food just is, (laughs) doesn't, that's a podcast for a totally different thing. We were going to save money and our bodies were going to be healthier because we were not having fast food every single day, five days a week. Okay. So, I remember my sister, my younger sister telling our neighbor about how, oh my gosh, it's so cute. My wife or my wife, my sister makes her husband lunch every single day and she writes him a little note in his lunchbox and it's adorable. And our neighbor, whom I love, was like, "Oh, it's cuz they're newlyweds. Like that's not gonna last." And I remember my younger sister telling me, excuse me telling me this and it was then and there that I, I like, totally had the, to like, snap my fingers moment, like, oh, girlfriend, you just watch. It will last because I want my marriage to last. And I still do every day. Nine years later, I still make him lunch every day. And some days it looks different. And some days it's like, all right, babe, I don't, I don't have time to make you lunch. Like, go get something today or Whatever. Sometimes he comes home for lunch and I'm in the middle of something else and he makes his own lunch, but most days still I make him lunch, whether he's home, whether he's gone, whether it's something on the go, whatever, because of this advice my mom gave me. Every single day I strive to make him breakfast. Every single day I strive to make dinner and I become a pretty darn good cook, which I was not. (laughs) At the beginning, I was not, I could tell you stories and stories of beginning dinners that were just bad. And he was like, "Mm, it'd be all right if you never made this again. And I was like, oh, perfect. Great. But honestly, I, I think that's one thing, just a little side takeaway. That is one thing that as wives, we need to be willing to take constructive criticism. And I took that not as a, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. I worked so hard to make dinner for you. And I can't believe you just told me never to make it again like that. No, no, I'm not going to learn from that place. And it was like, okay, great. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My feelings were a little hurt in that moment, but I chose to, I chose to take that moment and think he loves me. He didn't mean to hurt me. He's trying to help me grow. And that actually came from a piece of wedding advice that we got at our wedding reception from one of my dear, dear friends is she, that's one of the things she told us that when your spouse says something hurtful, just always think to yourself, he loves me. He did not mean to hurt me. He's trying to help me grow or whatever, identify whatever it is that he is trying to help you do. And so in that moment, I, I said, all right, okay, I won't ever make that again. How can I make it better? And it was a, a pasta with Alfredo sauce canned from the grocery store that I like literally warmed up in the microwave because that's what I knew. That's how we'd always done it growing up. And he was like, how about you look up a homemade recipe? And I was like, how do I do that? And he was like, uh, Google it. <laughs> Look on Pinterest. I was like, oh, duh. Like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like, I'll find one. And I did. I found this Alfredo recipe that ask anybody who I've ever made it for. It's the best. And it's become a total staple in our house. And every single time I make it, I still remember that cute little old me nine years ago who was trying so hard to be this good wife. And I chose to grow instead of be bitter, be better instead of bitter, right? So that is the first piece of advice food snacks grocery shopping breakfast lunch dinner whatever you can do try to do it often for them because every husband needs food okay the second piece of advice is they need sex and this can be a little uncomfortable for me to chat about because i am a religious person and in in the church, sometimes it's just not really something that's talked about. And so I definitely want to tread lightly because I know that sex and intimacy is something that is very sacred and, and personable to you and your spouse. But I do feel like, especially in our culture, that there are some things that need to be said and some things that need to be shared. And if you, anything I say or, um, any ideas that I share, if you want more information about it, Most of what I'm going to share with you comes from one of three places. It comes either from the book, Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis or the book, And They Were Not Ashamed. I honestly can't remember who that book is by right now. Or um, the talk given by Jeffrey R. Holland called Souls, Symbols, and Sacraments that is a religious view on sexual intimacy with your spouse. So those are some additional resources that I would really encourage you to look into if you're if you're interested in learning more about intimacy with your spouse especially from a spiritual and religious perspective those last two and they were not ashamed and of soul symbols and sacraments are more religious um, girl wash your face just has a really really good chapter about intimacy with your spouse that's not religious at all but um the Main points that I want to share with you about intimacy were pieces of advice that were given to me that I chose to take on and challenge myself to do, and they've changed my life. And so I want to share them with you. And please know I'm not saying these things to offend you in any way, shape, or form. And a challenge is a challenge because it's challenging. Okay. So if you hear one of these and you're like, nope, I refuse to do that then okay but just know that this is coming from someone who's been married for 9 years who has done these challenges and it has changed my life okay so i just want to pass it on because i love you i may not know you but that doesn't mean i don't love you and i want your marriage to work okay so just know that this is coming from a place of love um the first thing i want to share and again this is uncomfortable for me but this comes from girl wash your face is as a female Commit to your orgasm. Yes, I just said that, and I can't believe I just said that, and I'm like totally blushing right now. But that's something I learned in Girl Wash Your Face, and I just every every woman needs to hear that because when you are enjoying yourself, so is he, and there's a very big difference in your sexual intimacy when it's just a like, all right, get her done, let's go, whatever, and. You're just in it for the ride. And it's honestly, you come away with more feelings of resentment and anger and hurt almost. But when you commit to your own feelings of pleasure, it changes everything. It really does. It changes the relationship. It changes your focus. It changes your mood. And when you commit to enjoying it as well, And not just him, not just letting him do his thing and whatever, you enjoy it too. And it becomes beautiful and sacred and something that is enjoyable. So that's the first challenge. The second challenge, and I honestly can't remember where this came from. I think the idea spurred from um, the talk of soul symbols and sacraments. But get 100% naked, both of you, every single time. Because I know as someone who's been married for nine years, that sometimes it's really easy to just get partially undressed and do the deed and whatever, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. Okay, bye. Good night. And that is not what sex is for. Sex is one to bring life into this world. It is to create feelings of love and intimacy and bonding between you. And I truly believe that God created us to fit together. And when we're partially undressed and being lazy, it's not the same. And again, those feelings of resentment and hurt come. So I challenge you to get 100% undressed, both of you. So 200% undressed because you're both 100% undressed, okay? And as my husband and I have started doing this, it, it's totally changed our relationship because sex is so much deeper than just the act of having sex. It, it plays a part in everything in your marriage. Um, and I feel like I need to add this right now. Um, you might be listening to this and thinking, all right, that's easy for you to say. Like, you have a perfect marriage. Like, you, whatever, nine years you guys are in love and it's fabulous and whatever, and you're just goals. My friend, This is not the time nor the podcast. I will get into this later, but I will just suffice it to say that I found out six years into marriage that my husband struggles with an addiction that he had lied to me about for six years. We're going on nine. Okay. I still chose him. I still choose him. Divorce is still a swear word, even though he struggles with an addiction even though it's been incredibly hard on both of us, even though, even though, okay? So please don't hear this and think, yeah, but meh, 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 right? You don't know what it feels like to X, Y, Z, whatever. Girlfriend, yes, I do. I might not know exactly your situation and what you're going through, but trust me, I've been through hard seasons and I still chose him, I still choose him, okay? Um, the next tip when it comes to sex that I want to give you is charge your phone somewhere else, not by your bedside table. Because when we charge our phones by our bedside table, it is way too easy to make your phone the last thing that you see. Your Instagram friends, your Facebook friends, your text messages, your emails, your notifications, whatever. It, it's way too easy to make those things the last thing that you do or see. And you get sucked in. Trust me, I have been there. And you might be like, no, I have to have it next to my bedside table because it's my alarm. It's my alarm too. I just charge my phone across the room so that, and it actually helps me get up because I have to get out of bed to turn off my alarm. And if you're like, well, I can't do that because I have a sleeping baby. Girlfriend, me too. (laughs) I promise you, it helps you get up faster to get out of bed, run across the room and hurry and turn it off before your baby wakes up. So if you want to have the excuses, fine, have them, but I promise you this is coming from a place of love and I want to challenge you to do something challenging to help and bless your marriage, okay? So charge your phone across the room. You can still check your texts, your messages, your notifications, all the things, but then you charge it across from the room, you put it down, and then you walk into bed and it's just the two of you and you have that time to have that pillow talk. And you have that time to wind down and give each other a kiss and say a prayer and do whatever before you go to sleep. And it doesn't turn into a, I fell asleep scrolling my phone or whatever, I'm done now and I'm just going to lock my phone and close my eyes and go to sleep because I'm freaking tired. Like your spouse should be the last thing you see and talk to every single night. Okay. The last piece of advice when it comes to personal intimacy, and this is again something that someone challenged us to do, is to never have a TV in your room. And I know this is an unpopular opinion because I know that I am the only one in my family that does not have a TV in our room. And trust me, we like to watch shows too. We like to snuggle. We like to watch shows. We like to do that together in the evening. All the things, I'm right there with you. The only difference is we do it downstairs. We have a TV downstairs We watch our show together, we snuggle on the couch, and then when it's done, we turn it off, we intentionally go upstairs together, we brush our teeth, we plug our phones in, and then we lay down and we have pillow talk, and we talk, and we pray, and we kiss, okay? You don't have to take my advice, but just know these are the things that I do that have totally blessed and changed our marriage, okay? All right, next thing that my mom shared with me is uh, to be his biggest cheerleader. He has so many feelings of shame that come with feelings of inadequacy. And if you don't know much about shame or whatever, again, I think this is my third time referencing her, but look into Brene Brown read the gifts of imperfection, read the book, daring greatly, read the book, braving the wilderness, read, watch her Ted talk, learn about shame and men have shame and they don't feel like they're enough. Just like us women, they just, it it differently and they're told it differently. But you need to be his biggest cheerleader. You need to. It's so easy for women to become the nagger, the nitpicker, the bully, the why don't you XYZ take out the trash, right? And that's the way we're portrayed, us women in media, that we're either a weak little lame sauce wife or we're the naggy Biachi wife. Okay, there is a middle ground. You do not have to be the naggy Biachi wife, and you don't have to be the weak wife either. You can be a beautiful mix of in between somewhere. Okay. So be his cheerleader, write him notes, leave him little posted notes in his lunchbox or on the dashboard of his car on the mirror or on his pillow, or just tell him, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. And that is another piece of advice that I have always had stuck with me that my older sister shared with me when we were about to get married is just tell them thank you for everything, everything. Thank you so much for taking out the trash. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher. Thank you for helping our kids take a bath tonight. Thank you for tickling my back for 10 seconds. Thank you for cleaning up after yourself. Thank you for loading the dishwasher. Thank you for XYZ, whatever. Find all the things that there are to be grateful for and say them out loud. Don't just think them in your brain. Say them out loud. Just like last episode, right? Thumper in reverse. If you have something nice to say, say it. say it, say it, say it, say it. Okay. Um, again, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but there's a book called the compound effect, which I highly suggest in all areas of life, but marriage too. And when I read that book, he shared about a journal he had for his wife, that it was a gratitude journal that he kept for a year. And every single day he wrote one thing, at least one thing that he was grateful for his wife for. And she said it was the best gift that she had ever been given. And he says like, the funny part is that I think it benefited me more than it ever benefited her because every single day for a year, I was just learning to recognize and appreciate how fabulous she is. And I took that challenge to do it for Blake and every day for a year, I wrote one thing for him that I was grateful for and I gave it to him for father's day. And I totally agree with Darren Hardy, the author of the compound effect. It did more for me than it ever did for him. And I I know he still has it. I've seen it on his bedside. I don't know if he's ever read it, but I know for me, it did so much for me to see all the little things big and small that he does that I'm grateful for. So that's something that I encourage you to think about. Maybe that would help you. The last piece of advice that my mom gave me was to always look your best for him. Okay. And that doesn't mean that you like get dolled up every single day that you always have to have high heels on and you never go without makeup and whatever. No, it just means that you continue to take care of yourself inside and out. A woman who loves herself is easy to love. I'm going to say that again. A woman who loves herself is easy to love. And I don't know about you, but I know that I love myself more when I feel good. And I know for myself what I need to do to feel good. For me, I know I feel better when I take a shower and when I actually brush my hair instead of just have this mom bun on the top of my head all day. When I actually touch up my makeup. When I actually work out and eat nutritious foods and drink plenty of water and work on my mindset, when I listen to podcasts or personal development or read personal development books or say affirmations, more on that later, I am a total believer in mindset, affirmations, personal development, all that. But a woman who loves herself is easy to love. So take care of yourself. Love the woman that you see in the mirror. And if you don't, why not? Why do you not love yourself? And truly identify that. And know what you can do to change it. Maybe it's a mental thing. Maybe you just need to be kinder to yourself. And that comes from personal development and affirmations. Maybe you know that you're not eating as well as you should. And you need to seek healing when it comes to your nutrition. I can help you with that. I'm a health coach by profession. But maybe you just need to drink more water and less Diet Coke. Maybe you need to get ready more often and get out of your mom bun. And that, like I said, that doesn't mean you have to change into high heels and have fake eyelashes and all the things. Like set a timer for 10 minutes and just spruce yourself up for a sec put on some deodorant and a fresh pair of clothes (laughs) and put on some mascara and brush your hair. Like it makes a difference. Okay. All right. I want to close this out, um, by sharing my favorite personal development books when it comes to marriage. If you want to learn more, five love languages is a must. I love the book. His needs, her needs. I love the book. Everything is figureoutable. Technically, that's not a marriage book, but there's a really good part in there that she shares about her own story with her spouse and how they were on the brink of separating. And it's just a really good book. Everything is figure outable. Girl, Wash Your Face, like I mentioned earlier. The only hard part about that one is that she and her husband are getting a divorce. Or they are already divorced, I think, at this point. But um, so just know that going into it. But I still think that she shared some really good things that have really helped me in my marriage. So The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands is really good by Dora, Dr. Laura Schleisinger. I like have a hard time saying her name, but I think that's how you say it. They Were Not Ashamed, like I already mentioned before, and The Compound Effect, like I already mentioned before. Those are some of my very favorites when it comes to your marriage. Um, the last two things I want to share with you in closing is, um, he can't read your mind and it might feel like if you communicate things that it doesn't feel as sincere or real when he actually does them, but just try it. If you tell him, you know what, babe, I really need your help today. I, I need you to go to the grocery store for me because I just have a lot on my plate and it would really help me. And if he does it, That feels so good. Would it be even better if he like, Hey, how can I help you today? Oh, I know you need me to go to the grocery store. Would that be awesome? Oh, of course. But that just doesn't happen. (laughs) And if it does, it's once in a blue moon. So communicate, communicate your needs with him, help him know how to help you. And That brings to mind something I forgot to say with the whole committing to your orgasm thing is pay attention when you are being intimate, pay attention to what you like and communicate that when it comes to sex and intimacy. I like it when you do that. I like it when you do this. And honestly, I don't like it when you do this. I don't like it when you do that. Communicate it. That was a random aside, but I felt like that was important to share. Okay. He can't read your mind, so please communicate with him. And last thing I want to share and then I'll close this out. If you put him on a pedestal, he will rise to it. If you make him out to be a dummy who's incapable of anything great, who's retarded, who's xyz whatever, who can't handle more than one kid, <laughs> He will rise to that. And yes, I do believe that I have been blessed with an incredible spouse who was raised by an incredible mother and he is an incredible person. But I don't think it's all just chance that he helps me out so much at home. I got that advice from the same person who talked about never taking what he says as something that's hurtful and just thinking, you know what? He didn't mean to hurt me. He he loves me. He's trying to help me grow. Same person gave me the advice to put him on a pedestal and he will rise to it. When you speak about him in public, you're always praising. You are never criticizing. You are putting him on this pedestal. You are talking about how amazing he is. You are pointing out his strengths. Does that mean you can never vent? No, but choose wisely who you vent to. Make it an intimate setting. One person, not an audience, and especially not in front of him. Praise in public. Criticize in private and criticize with him. Let him know what he needs to do better. Not your best friend, not your sister, not your mom. He needs to know. And if you're seeking out advice to vent So that you can know how you can best communicate with him. That's different. But don't just vent just to vent. Vent to get guidance and advice on how you can improve. And how you can grow. And then chat with him about it. And when you're in public. You're talking about how amazing he is. And it will surprise you. How much he will rise. To just be that amazing person. That you're talking about. So. I love you. I hope this was helpful. I know these things have blessed and helped and changed my marriage. And I've heard person after person say, you guys are goals. You guys are goals. And I, I really want to share this because it's not by accident. And like I said, we have our fair share of struggles and our fair share of disagreements and our fair share of arguments and our fair share of all the things. Okay. Okay. Every day is not beautiful bliss and sunshine and rainbows. We struggle often, but we choose to fix the things that are broken. We choose to communicate. We choose to forgive. We choose to love. And we choose every day to make time for each other because it matters. I love you, my friend. Until next time. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. Remember the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace.